Talk Back Matters from the Salvos. Tired of me, it was plain to see. I was just a mere sensation. Though we are through, I'll get along somehow. Do you ever get tired of fighting your addictions? Wouldn't it be great if we could have more self-control, more power over our mind, and say goodbye to the things that control us? In the news this year, obese model Suzanne Eamon is saying supersize me for real in her bid to become the fattest woman ever. At 32 years old, she weighed in at 50 stone, which is about 320 kilograms, and her goal is 115 stone, or well over 700 kilograms, which prompted our call to a specialist to talk about eating disorders in general, because normally it's the other way around, the desire to be super thin. Ewan works in psychiatric triage in a Melbourne hospital and sheds some light on the human psyche when it comes to eating disorders, starting with the most common area. Ewan, are you able to even just clarify what an eating disorder means? Yeah, absolutely, Chris. Look, there's a couple of ones that we consider, which is anorexia nervosa. So by definition, someone has a a body mass index of uh, 17.5 or less, or, you know, they're 15% below what the expected average body weight would be. So that might come across by, you know, self-induced avoidance of food or purging slash vomiting. They might have laxative use. Uh, use appetite suppressants, um, really excessive exercise. And and I guess the trick behind that one, Chris, is it's body image distortion. And I'm guessing bulimia would be the other key issue? Yeah, bulimia nervosa is basically when people consume large quantities of food at one time. They've got a persistent preoccupation with eating. They have really intense food cravings and they'll purge and they'll have intermittent periods of starvation. They might use appetite suppressants as well or diuretics. And the interesting thing about bulimia is that the weight can really quite vary. It's actually not uncommon for someone with bulimia nervosa to be slightly overweight. And for both of those populations, Chris, it's mostly a young female male population. Mm, terrible thing to suffer from. Oh, absolutely. It's a very distressing eating disorder to have. I mean, both eating disorders in general, it's just distressing for the person that suffers from it and, of course, the family that might have to see someone, you know, going through extreme distress. And how do you assess them? Firstly, someone might come to an emergency department with an eating disorder for very many reasons. And ironically, Chris, the last thing that someone's going to come to an emergency department saying is, hi, I have an eating disorder, I need help. They might come down with heart problems or, you know, they might have weight that is so low that they're getting unwell or their potassium levels might be going up and down and they're very unwell. They might have a family member that's dragged them in against their will. They might be vomiting or nauseous or dizzy. So it might be some of those reasons that actually bring them down to begin with. So often seeing them in emergency is very difficult because these people have a vested interest in the eating disorders in, you know, it's a body image and introducing food and introducing healthy lifestyle is actually not what they want. Mm. So they might be very good at concealing what the problem is or not really interested in partaking. So it's a tricky area, Kristen. I guess when they present to emergency, we might look at if there's been, you know, an onset that has triggered this. So a lot, Chris, might have developed, uh, you know, this through a trauma. And often get a lot of people with eating disorders that come through and say, look, eating is the only thing I can control. Or I'm just not hungry. I don't have an appetite. I don't feel like eating because things are so difficult. So they'll associate the lack of eating with being able to control their lives. Or others might have had a history of being overweight or being considered unattractive and, you know, they see models or they equate thin with being attractive and it gets out of control. You know, they were overweight, they lose a bit, little bit of weight, they get a lot of compliments, they might even start to feel a little bit better. There's this positive reinforcement of losing, losing weight and this continues to go on. Yeah. 
um, to the point of where it becomes obsessive and unhealthy. A lot are argued to have a history of being really quite, you know, perfectionist as well. And so their, you know, perception of the ideal body weight might get really out of whack. Mm. So I guess I have to look at what we call comorbidities, Chris. So do they have, you know, depression or is, as you mentioned before, do they have a, a substance misuse problem as well or is this personality related as well? Can I just ask you, on the news recently there was a woman who weighed in at uh, 370 kilograms and her goal is to be the largest mother in the world and she wants her goal is something like 760 kilograms and one of the doctors said that she's playing Russian roulette with her life. There was a picture of her with her two kids, one on either side, and she's just this gigantic 370 mm. already. Without having met her and assessed her, the first thing I guess that comes to my mind, which is often for anyone with an eating disorder, is esteem issues. She wants to be the biggest and greatest in the world. It's something I think that obviously that's a very unhealthy way of doing it. And for some reason, she has managed to turn weight gain into how she controls her life. I mean, one would argue, and I don't know, Chris, I've not met her, but if she's been unsuccessful about her, able to lose the weight, and I'm pretty sure at some stage she's probably tried at some stage, you know, she thought to myself, well, I'll control my eating in a way that's overeating, but I'm still in control of it, where in reality she isn't. Another interesting one, Chris, is, you know, I've come across people that have been abused when they've been, you know, of a normal weight range, for example, and people might equate that, you know, overweight people, for example, aren't raped. Wow. You know, they might think that in themselves, and I've come across people that have eating disorders where they eat far too much and they get really quite obese when they've had a history of being sexual assaulted, for example, and there's in this head that I'm overweight, People that are overweight aren't considered attractive and they don't have to worry so much about being raped again, for example. Wow. So I wouldn't know there's many reasons as to why people might overeat to such a point. Certainly it's another disordered way of thinking and a disordered way of looking at one's own body. Tired of me, it was plain to see. I was just a mere sensation. Though we are through, I'll get along somehow. I wanted love and you promised love But all I got was conversation Though I'll miss you, I'll get along somehow An eating disorder can really take its toll on the body, can't it? And it's your job, I guess, to assess them when they come in to emergency. Yeah, look, there's, there's three things that we look at, basically. There's physical, behavioural and the emotional, psychological. So the first thing we want to look at with any eating disorder is weight loss, if it's been rapid or if there's a big fluctuation in weight as well. They might lose their menstrual periods or they might become irregular as well. Um, you know, really sensitive to cold. Their metabolic rate might reduce as well. Their blood pressure can be low. Their heart rate can be low. Their body temperature is low. They might have edema where the skin, you know, might get a little bit kind of like dinty. Um, the skin can also be really dry or bruise really easily. They might have gastrointestinal problems or, you know, heart symptoms as well. Hypoglycemia, which is problems with sugar levels in the blood. Bowel problems, they might be dehydrated. You know, we'll do a blood test, so we check their, their albumin or their potassium and their electrolytes, and these things can affect the heart as well or any areas. Their teeth can be black if they've been purging a lot. Their hair gets really thin and greasy. There might be other signs of malnutrition. There can be things like, you know, kidney problems as well. So they're firstly the physical things that we might look at as well that are important. Boy, it can really ravage the body. What about behaviourally? 
behaviourally is quite interesting. There might be really, I find this one interesting, um, an increased interest in preparing food for others. So the ritual of food is still there, but they're just not eating the food. Um, they might have really obsessive rituals with food. Um, the other areas of functioning might be becoming impaired as well. So they mightn't be attending work as well. Their style of clothes might be really baggy or there's been a sudden change in style. The exercise, um, as I mentioned, can fluctuate to extremes. Um, might be frequent excuses not to eat or I, I find these two really interesting, Chris. One, the really slow eating or sometimes you see people, especially on the wards, where they're not actually eating, they're just rearranging the food that's on their plate. Um, some of them might eat really quickly or binge or they might hoard food and never actually eat it. The obvious one, they're going to the bathroom after meals and you know sometimes their libido can be affected as well. And what about the emotional analysis? Look, sometimes you look at them emotionally, how they're there before. And we do mental state examinations. We look at, you know, their depressed affect or otherwise or whether they're substance abused and how they're interacting with you. But sometimes in our conversations, and sometimes you just talk about normal things or get a lot of collateral information from families because often the person that's suffering the eating disorder may not be upfront with what they're experiencing. So I might look at preoccupations with their appearance or their weight. You know, their mood might be irritable or labile or there's been changes might have problems with concentration or their ability to think um, anxious or depressed. They have, you know, really obsessive lists of what's good foods and what's bad foods or they might feel that they've lost control with their sense of food or over-controlled. Right. Particular anxiety around mealtimes. You can see that they get all fidgety in the hospital when the meals are getting closer. They might get a little bit more, you know, moody or agitated or upset or, you know, their psychomotor agitation increases where they're bouncing around the bed or moving from their bed or ward. It's some intense self-like or really obsessive with things. Sometimes they get so distressing, Chris, they might be suicidal or have these thoughts. Um, they might get really perfectionistic or, you know, the drug or alcohol misuse might increase. You might also see some social things where they they withdraw or there's isolation around their behaviours and their interactions with people, you know, avoiding going out for dinners and avoiding, you know, avoiding circumstances where there's food, basically. And, you know, if they're depressed as well, decreased interest in, in hobbies and things like that. Now, I do say that when dealing with this population, except with some level of deceit and also some level of reduced insight, they're going to have you know some difficulty in understanding themselves to the extent it's what it's got to because it's kind of crept up on them. And also interviewing family is very important because you know they'll sometimes see what the person in front of you doesn't see. Very difficult, Chris. So how can we turn their lives around? Slowly. <laughs> um, look, uh, I guess working on esteem and those sorts of issues can be, um, you know, really particularly useful, whether we look at um, counselling, psychological counselling, challenging irrational thoughts as well, maybe through CBT, for example, trying to um, get them healthy again. You know, sometimes it's a matter of nasal gastric tubes up their nose, so at least we're getting the nutrients in. And identifying the issue that might be the problem, the trauma they might have experienced or the abuse that might have triggered it. It probably sounds a bit trite, but I try to keep six days of eating healthy foods and I just have one binge day of junk food. I'm kind of the same, Chris, as long as the binge days doesn't get out of control. <laughs> but look, I, I try and eat healthy during the week when I'm working and when I'm distracted. Um, and then on the weekend is actually when I you know, let myself go a little bit. I'm happy to have a hamburger or a packet of chips or something like that. Or say, but special occasions like watching the footy or cricket or something like that or 
social occasions. Look, the dietitians tend to say in life, everything in moderation. I think that's healthy for life in general. Everything in moderation. Just don't go to the extremes too much. And being a uh, an Xbox champion, would that be the one area that you'd say not? <laughs> Thank you for calling me a champion of Xbox. I, I think there's probably a lot of 12-year-old kids online that would beg to differ that beat me. But, uh, look, I just think that, you know, having fun and doing what your interests are outside of food is important. So forget about the moderation on Xbox. <laughs> yeah, forget about moderation. That's OK to be obsessive and controlled about. <laughs> Thanks for your time, Ewan. Always a pleasure, young fella. <laughs> you were so tired of me that everybody could see I was just a mere sensation Though we are through, I'll get along somehow Wouldn't it be great to have the self-control to say goodbye to those things that control us? In antiquity, Paul wrote in Ephesians chapter 6, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly realm. And so a good place to start is taking control of our minds, by what we put into our minds, because that's where the Bible says the battle is. As Paul wrote, Whatever is true, whatever is honourable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, Whatever is lovely, whatever is of good repute, if there is any excellence, and if anything worthy of praise, think on these things, dwell on them, and the God of peace will be with you.